Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Every week, we spend these 25 minutes together telling you the stories of our church, interviewing our members and other friends of the ministry. We'd like to invite you to join us at Harvest Baptist Church this week. Two services on Sunday, 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. We have Japanese and Korean translation available during that 10.45 a.m. service. And that's also when we live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. This week, we continue our series, 10 Foolish Things People Do to Mess Up Their Lives. This time in Exodus 20.12, Commandment 5, Neglecting to Honor Our Parents. Let's begin today's harvest time by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Half a day, Chris. This Sunday, you are right. We're coming back to this series that we've been in, Exodus 20. It really is just an exposition of that chapter, walking down through the Ten Commandments, defining what it means within its context, and then how it applies to us today. And it's been a fantastic study for us together. It's uh, been fun listening to our church continue to think through individually conversations in our community groups about the meaning of that and so we're going to come up to commandment number five uh, this sunday and talking about what honoring our parents means uh does it just apply to children under 18 or how does it apply to adults and uh, the bible i think is clear on this so i think it'll be helpful and encouraging and we'll just find out what god says so we'd invite you to come and join us this sunday I'm really glad to have Mike and Shannon Anderson with us on Harvest Time here today. First of all, welcome to you guys. I'm glad that you're with me. Hi. Thank you for having us. Hey. <laughs> um, Mike and Shannon have been here uh, at Harvest for uh, a little over two years. Is that right? About two years now. Um, Shannon was here before. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But uh, they serve together on our staff. Shannon's a, a teacher. Mike serves on our, our maintenance team. And uh, then both uh, faithful servants within the church. And we're so thankful that God has directed you here. And looking forward to hearing a little bit about your story of, of God's uh, leading in your life. Um, maybe I could ask you first, Mike, I'll start with you on this. Uh, how did you get to Guam and get to Harvest? Tell us about that. That's, that's an interesting story. So... I guess uh, when we were living in Alaska, um, we kind of came up in conversation about us coming out here, and we weren't sure what God really had for us at the time, and so we did the really only decision that we can really ever think to do in that time is and just bring it to the Lord. Amen. And in doing so, we started just praying about it and when we felt like the Lord was leading us out here, we started making a move to do so. Awesome. So you both were in uh, Alaska. Yes. We'll get to a little bit more of that story, but that's a pretty big move from Alaska to Guam, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of a change. Uh, we'll track that a little bit more here in a minute. Shannon, uh, your parents actually met on Guam, and then uh, you grew up here, or partly here, partly in the States. But tell us a little bit about that background of your parents, who your parents are, and um, sure. My um, my dad is was in the Air Force, and he was he, he was stationed on Guam. Um, his dad was in the military out here in the fifties, and um, my mom became interested in um, harvest um, from a college friend, 
And so they came in the 80s and they met at the same, uh, I think, in 85 or 86 at Harvest. They um, met each other through uh, the military or singles group out here when they were doing some activities together. And um, a few months later, they were they got married. So. And were you born here? Is that right? Yes. Or Okay, so you were born here um, and then spent some time in the States, right? Uh, and then you actually had been here uh, teaching uh, after you graduated from college, taught for five years or so. Is that right? Yes. Um, after college, I came back out here. Uh, my parents were back here again, and I taught third grade for about seven years. And then um, the Lord called us to Alaska um, after I met Mike and um, I felt Lord, the Lord was leading us in our relationship to pursue marriage, and so we ended up going to Alaska for three years, and um, I kept begging begging him about coming back, and mm-hmm. the Lord opened doors for us to come back, so here we are. That's ah, fantastic. <laughs> um, you guys were married in 2019. 19, yes. Okay. So, all right, great. Um, well, actually, why don't we go ahead and ask you about, you know, your story, your background. We t- uh, we're tracking with your parents, Shannon, but tell us about your spiritual story, your family, and um, kind of life growing up. Uh, well, I was very blessed to have um, grown up in a Christian home. Uh, my parents are both uh, from Christian backgrounds as well, so grew up in church, went to church every Sunday, uh, was always used to hearing um, the story of the gospel. So I was actually saved at a very young age. Um, and I was very blessed to um, just uh, be at a Christian school and um, be around a good uh, church family at growing up. Um, and when I was a teenager, I struggled a little bit with um, some questions about salvation, and sometimes I doubted it, but um, the Lord just really put some people in my life to help me work through that and just help me understand having assurance of salvation and what that really means. So... Um, Yes, I'm just very thankful to have uh, grown up in that and, you know, uh, thankful to be back at the place where I grew up and Mm -hmm. we can raise our family here as well. Yeah, it's really cool to think about the spiritual roots Mm -hmm. that God allowed to develop in your life here and in some other places as well. Um, And then to have you back uh, teaching, you uh, you teach in the academy, so what grades do you teach? Uh, Right now I teach K-5, kindergarten. Okay, yeah, and fantastic and... um, God has given you guys a baby. Uh, Mikey, how is he is how old? He is about to turn one at the end of November. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to ask you about that story in a minute, but um, let me ask, uh, talk to Mike here for a second. Mike, tell us about your spiritual story. You grew up in, in Michigan, right? Yes. Uh, I grew up in Michigan, um, city of Detroit, and my family, um, my mother's side was more, they were uh, Christians. Um, and my father's side had a religion in their family, but he didn't follow it. And so me, I ended up not really being raised in a Christian household. Um, however, there was a uh, gentleman that came, uh, to our door when I was like, I think I was about around eight years old, um, offering free bus rides to church. And so I went (laughs) and that's when I actually learned about, uh, Christ and, that's when I um, decided to believe in Jesus, and but it wasn't until years later that I actually started following him, mm-hmm. as uh, Scripture says to do so. It's a pretty great story, actually. That I love that part. Somebody cared enough 
uh, about kids in your neighborhood that they showed up your door and invite you to come to church, right? I love how you said that free bus ride, you know, <laughs> to go to church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How long did you go to church as a as a child, kind of riding that bus? Um, not long enough for me to really remember. Okay. Um, I was. I went pretty solid for maybe a couple months, and then after that, I just kind of started following suit in the area I lived in. So okay, um, and this we might, you might not have an answer to this, Mike, but I'm always curious about it. So those months that you went to church, you said you gave your life to Jesus. Um, do you remember uh, anybody from that time? That sort, not even necessarily the name, but was there anybody significant to you, and, and why was that important that you would remember it these years later? Um, I remember being in the main auditorium when uh, we first got there, and I didn't understand why. I mean, I understand now, but I didn't understand why we, since I was young, yeah. we had to leave, um, kind of like there's children's church, adult church, and so forth. Um, but I didn't understand it at the time. So it was, uh, I think it was the pastor that kind of um, directed us in that direction. So partially him. I don't really remember his face. I just remember mm-hmm. the event. And probably the bus driver himself. Right. Um, as little as I seen him when he was around, he made himself known, but also, I don't know, he's just very caring. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually know several people whose stories, you know, were that they, you know, they didn't grow up in a Christian home, uh, a neighbor or somebody else, uh, and sometimes a bus invited them to come to church. And uh, actually, I remember uh, somebody very close that said, you know, that was the only place where I ever really felt that people cared for me, and um, and I never forgot that. And so I, I, you know, I faithfully went to church for you know, a short amount of time when I was a child. And then I, I didn't, you know, throughout my teens, actually made a lot of bad decisions. And some of those started to come through in my life in my early 20s. And uh, uh, and I knew that, um, and I knew that I could find people that cared about me at church. And that's what brought me back, you know, my 20s. So that's a cool story. You struggled through some of your teen years, right? You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, um well, part of my testimony is just, it's nothing, honestly, it's nothing to be proud of. Um, to make a long story short, I just kind of live more of the uh, party and gang-related type lifestyle. Um, kind of just use your imagination on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was not living in the way I should at all. Um, and making a lot of bad choices, obviously, and then... Later on, um, I had this job, and this man came up to me with offered me a million dollars. It was one of those fake little dollar bills with the gospel <laughs> in it. Um, threw me off though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and after him and I had talked several times and came over to the apartment I was staying in at the time, um, did some Bible studies, he offered for me to come to church. And um, I don't know, it was just the more I went, the more I realized how wrong I was living and why things were going so negative in my life. And just how many why the choices i was making was not working out because they were my choices they weren't the lord's choices mm. and 
Um, and I thought for the longest time, why am I, what, what am I doing that is so wrong? And why am I losing everything? And then I, the more I read, especially it's part of the reason why I love the book of uh, Proverbs, mm. the more I learned, it just blew my mind. And I would just, instead of, it wasn't that I was losing things that, that I realized at the time, but it was that he was replacing the bad with the good. Mm. Wow. How old were you when you kind of uh, either recommitted your life to Christ? What, how uh, really became a follower of Jesus? Um, I believe I was about twenty-four. Okay. Um, yeah. And then you know you said you placed the bad with the good. What changed for you? I mean, what? well, at the time, uh, I had a car broke down. Uh, had a job, lost that. Um, was dating a girl at the time. Split up. Pretty much everything you can think of that I, I just was losing everything in reality it was because the job I had um, I was trying to spread the gospel and it was frowned upon um, and people were getting offended about it and then uh, as far as the car well, <laughs> I just didn't take care of it that speaks for itself <laughs> um, and of course going along with the faith um, I realized that the relationship I was in was not what God had for me and so that ended um and just kind of started out on my my own path in the right eyes of the Lord mm-hmm. and it was kind of like a for lack of better terms a fresh start yeah that's a great term <laughs> I don't know if there's a better term of, <laughs> that's a great term a fresh start that God gave you and you know just a new lease on life mm-hmm. that's really great now, one thing too I like to add yeah. is the interesting thing about growing up, but also just with scripture itself, is and any one of my family members can actually <laughs> vouch for me on this too. But when it comes to reading books, I've always had a comprehension problem and a reading problem. I see more photographic memory when it comes to reading. I don't always get what the context is saying offhand, mm-hmm. and I guess that's part of um, just being dyslexic. But Oh, the scripture is the one book I have not had that issue with. Wow. Huh. And that's one of the things that drew me in. <laughs> well, it's an amazing testimony. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit who would guide us into all truth. Hmm. Um, and so uh, he, he's the one who guides and directs and helps us to understand. Um, and that's an amazing thing. And the, and the Bible is an amazing book, too, that God has written, you know, the best author <laughs> with the clarity that it has. So Absolutely. So that's cool. Thanks for sharing all that, Mike. That's mm-hmm. helpful, I think, for all of us. Of course. So uh, j- just uh, about a year ago, um, Mike and Shannon uh, had a baby, and um, your baby came early with a lot of a lot of challenges. Maybe, Shannon, would, uh, would you be willing to share a little bit of that? Mike, I'll ask you some questions about it, too. Uh, sure. Uh, we were um, – actually, I think I was about 33 weeks along, and um, – and long story short, we had to go into the hospital um, for some, just for some complications that they were seeing. I was feeling fine, but there were some things going on inside of me that they were concerned about. So they ended up having to deliver him uh, through a C-section. He was um, very small. He was about 25 weeks uh, size, even though I was 33 weeks. He was born at about two pounds. Um, however, praise the Lord, he came out healthy. He was screaming. Um and he was doing really well overall, beside, uh, just aside from being tiny. <laughs> mm. 
And um, so we were very thankful. They, of course, took him to the NICU. And um, we knew that we had a journey ahead of us, uh, that he would be there for quite some time, just until he got a little bigger and we could take him home. So, um, and the whole thing was a was a surprise. I mean, Mike, we talked about that, right? You you guys kind of thought you were going in for a checkup, didn't know a baby was coming soon, and that was a that happened fast, right, Mike? Yeah, that was it. Was just there's no more words for it. It was just fast, and yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were at the doctor, and then just all of a sudden to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Baby's coming, and you're trying to process all that together. How early he was coming. Mm-hmm. But by God's grace, he was good, just small, just tiny, right, Mm -hmm. at that point. Okay. Um, Tell us about what happened next. Sure. Um, So he was doing really well. um, And then at about 10 days old, um, they called us in um, about 3 o'clock in the morning. It was on a Sunday morning, and he was just – you could just tell by the nature of the phone call that this could be it. And – they said they're not. He wasn't doing too well. He was having a little trouble breathing. He had been intubated um, about a day or so before, and they called us in. So we rushed to the hospital. Pretty sure we might have gone through some lights or stop signs. I don't know. It's a blur, but um, got there as fast as we could. Um, at first, uh, just because of some of their COVID policies, they weren't even going to let us into the room itself. We had to stand from the window and watch, and we could tell that this was probably going to be it. We just said, could we please go say goodbye to our son? And so we did. And um, we just, uh, we surrounded him and we just lifted our voice up to God. And um, we just asked, we prayed for healing. And we, uh, we knew that this could be it, but we, we just were ready to let him go home if that's what God had. Mm-hmm. And, um, we, we, we sang to him. We sang some songs. Um, Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Um, 10,000 Reasons. That was one of the songs that came to our hearts, and we just sang out. Um, we told him that we loved him and that um, we couldn't wait to see him in heaven someday. And, uh, sorry, but we were just thankful so much for the time that we did have. And um, a few minutes later, Actually, I think you had come to visit us at the mm-hmm. hospital, and I know you got to witness um, the miracle that did happen. Yeah. And um, we prayed together, but we also just kind of knew what was coming. The doctors had prepared us and said, we're going to try one more thing, and if it doesn't work, um, he will probably pass away. Um, so uh, a few minutes later, he coded. A lot of people rushed in. And... Um, just, um, I don't know, probably about 15 people in the room just working on him, machines going off, and we just stood there and watched, and we just prayed to God. We said, okay, Lord, we're ready. We're ready for you to take him home. And um, I think about seven minutes later, they told us um, everything stopped, um, and they came out to us, and they were writing things down on clipboards, and they came out, and we we, we thought we knew what was they were going to tell us, but they said, all right, his stats are back up. Mm-hmm. His color looks good. And we were shocked. I said, mm-hmm. he's still with us? What? And, um, you know, of course, they braced us and they told us, you know, he could, you know, it's, they didn't want us to get our hopes up. But, of course, we were we were very excited and, and we were just watching him and praying and we praised God that he saved our son. 
And we found out later that the doctor said um, in all the situations that they've seen this case happen, usually the baby doesn't make it. Or if they do make it, they're not doing so well after. Mm -hmm. And this was the first time they had ever seen the baby come back from it and do better than Mm -hmm. he was doing before. Mm -hmm. And we knew that was God. And he just performed a miracle and he decided Mm -hmm. to sustain our little boy's life. And I told Mike, I said, I'm never going to stop praising the Lord for this. Mm -hmm. And just we were so thankful that – and ever since then, it took him a while, but – he, he slowly gained weight. He had a little trouble with eating and uh, keeping food down and things like that. But um, slowly and surely he gained weight, and we were able to take him home about two months later. <laughs> Just an amazing, amazing miracle. Yeah. Mike, that's a hard thing. You know, I don't know if you can even talk about it, and that's okay. But, you know, be a dad and um, trying to care for, you know, your wife, of course. It was really sweet, you two together. But... Can you tell us a little bit of, you know, what the thoughts were during that time? I wasn't really thinking about much. But when the doctor had come out and said that he's still with us, I lost it. I didn't know what else to do, but I've been in a lot of negative situations, but mm-hmm. I didn't know what else to do except give it to God. Mm-hmm. Hold my wife, comfort her, and give it to the Lord. Well, I had been there, you know, for a little bit of time, you know, when that doctor came back out, and uh, I'll never forget standing with you two. Um, Mike, you and I, I don't know if you remember this, you and I were able to go in and uh, see little uh, Mikey. You'd already been in there together, but it, but we went in and then came back out. And and uh, the, the sense was that Mike wasn't going to make it. And we just stood outside that little NICU room um, looking through that window and uh, prayed. And I'll never forget the prayers that you two prayed in that moment as you believed that God was going to take Mike to be with him, and your prayers were just so genuine and so sweet as you re- released uh, him to the Father. And and we prayed for healing. We did pray for that, but uh, just an acceptance and a surrender to God's will, and it was a just a very moving, powerful time. And uh, I just affirm you know, what you said, Shannon, what you said, Mike, was that a miracle took place in that room. Um, because, uh, you know, just and you, you got to see it happening in the room that things changed. And and before long, you know, the doctor comes out and says he's, he's you know, different. The vitals are back, and mm-hmm. and he's doing well. And it, uh, it really was a powerful time of God's work and God's miracle. And I feel the same way you do, Shannon. I'll never stop praising God for that. Um, and it's so every time I get a chance to see that, that little guy now, little peanut guy, you know, just growing up and um, praying that he would just have a voice for God and be a follower of Jesus. And it's such a beautiful miracle for you guys, but for all of us to be able to see that together. Um, 
thank you personally, I've told you this before, but just for your faith that was evident in that waiting room as you watched your son, that was a blessing to me. I'll never forget it. Time goes fast here, you guys. Um, thank you for being willing to come and share the story of what God's done in your life. Um, thank you for following him to come to Guam and uh, serve him here. We love the fact that God's called you here and praying that God would just bless your family as you serve together. And thank you for joining us here um, here on Harvest Time today. Yeah, thank you for having us. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, at this point in the program, we want to invite you again to services at Harvest Baptist Church. Two services on Sunday, 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. There's Japanese and Korean translation during the 10.45 a.m. service. We also live stream at that time on hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We hope to see you this Sunday. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.